Welcome to your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. Yeah. 
My name is Grant Sims. I'm uh, transferring to third phase today. Um, this experience has just been wild, but it's been so amazing in, in so many ways. Uh, I've just regained a, a very, very healthy relationship with the Lord that I've never experienced in my whole entire life. He's restored so many relationships in my life, family-wise mostly. Um, I've seen a lot. I've seen one of my a couple of my friends get saved since I've been here. And um, really, you know, second phase was so pivotal for me because I learned to, to work hard. Um, never really had the best work ethic. Um, won't get too deep into that. But being here, I learned how to work every day, all day. Learned how to come home, fellowship, tell people about my day. And it's just been, it's just been amazing. I've um, been painting. I've worked Thompson's. I've worked Martin's. I've worked environmental. I've worked everywhere. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of different environments in all these places you work in. The environment that's the same in each one is that you have the chance to witness and, you know, tell people what God's done in your life. Yeah. And um, I've had that opportunity and, you know, to plant those seeds in different people. And, that, and it's such a blessing to do stuff like that because God shows favor in that. And you can possibly see someone saved because of your faith and, you know, you stepping out in that faith. But it's just been amazing, you know. It's, it's been a long time. And it's felt long, but it's been such a great experience just being with my brothers in Christ and just, you know, growing in relationships and all types of different things. But um, it's just been amazing. So from here on, I want to just give an affirmation to uh, look at Gators. Um, he's been a major part of my life since I've been in second phase. He's just really poured into me. And um, he's a great man of God. And what's crazy is, you know, in first phase, I didn't know what to think of him. But he's improved so much, and I just want to tell him I love him. I want to also give an affirmation to Aaron McKinley. He was uh, in second, in first phase with me for a while, and uh, in second phase with me the whole time. And uh, we come into third phase together today, and we've drawn, we've gotten a lot closer, and we became really good brothers. And he's just someone who's hilarious. He's someone who's very honest with you and won't hold back from telling you the truth. And that's that's what you that's what you get when you're here in the refuges. You get honesty, and you get people who will love you, and you know not you know neglect you or people who are going to you know be negatively in your life. And that's what I just want to tell the first phase guys. If you're struggling with you know gaining friends, you know just be open and you know have an open heart and contrite spirit, as it says in the Bible, and just really be open to what the, the guys have to say, and you know pray every day, man, and just let the Lord lead you. So. With that said, I love everybody in the refuge. I always love everybody in the refuge, and um, I'm going to continue this thing on, and I hope to see you in third base. All right. As we look into the reading of the New Testament today, it will come from the book of Acts, chapter 27, verses 1 through 20. We'll see that the use of the pronoun we indicates that Luke accompanied Paul on this journey that we'll be reading about. Julius... A hardened Roman centurion was assigned to guard Paul. Obviously, he had to remain close to Paul at all times. Through this contact, Julius developed a respect for Paul, giving him freedom, and later saving his life. How would your character look, up close and personal? I mean, if you were chained to a guard, over time, what would that guard know about you? And finally, as we read in this passage of Scripture, we'll see that although this was not the best time to sail, the master of the ship didn't want to uh, spend the winter in La Silla, and so he took a chance. 
At first, the winds and weather were favorable, but then the deadly storm arose. Well, let's read all about it now here in the New Testament. July 9th, the New Testament, Acts chapter 27, verses 1 through 20. When the time came, we, Luke, Paul, and his companions, set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was also with us. We left on a ship whose home port was Adramatium, on the northwest coast of the province of Asia. It was scheduled to make several stops at ports along the coast of the province. The next day, when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they could provide for his needs. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered strong headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course, so we sailed north of Cyprus between the island and the mainland, Keeping to the open sea, we passed along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra in the province of Lycia. There the commanding officer found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound for Italy, so he put us on board. We had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty, we finally neared Snidus. But the wind was against us, so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island, past the Cape of Salmoni. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty, and finally arrived at Fair Havens, near the town of Lasia. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul, and since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor, with only a southwest and northwest exposure. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it, so they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength, called a northeaster, burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast, so they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days blotting out the sun and the stars, until at last all hope was gone. Our reading in Psalms today comes from Psalm chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. 
Have you ever been falsely accused or badly hurt and wanted revenge? Well, David wrote this psalm in response to the slanderous accusations of those who claimed he was trying to kill Saul and seize the throne. Instead of taking matters into his own hands and striking back, David cried out to God for justice. You see, the proper response to slander is prayer, not revenge, because God says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Instead of striking back, ask God to take your case, bring justice, and restore your reputation. The hearts and reins that we'll read about here in this passage, literally kidneys, means the deepest thoughts and feelings. See, nothing is hidden from God. This can be either terrifying or comforting. Our thoughts are an open door to Him because He knows even our motives. We have no place to hide. Nobody pretend that we can get away with sin. But that very knowledge also gives us great comfort. We don't have to impress God or put up any kind of a front. Instead, we can trust God to help us work through our particular weaknesses in order to serve Him as He's planned. If we truly follow Him, God rewards our effort. We'll see that when evil gets the upper hand, life is unfair. We know that God's justice will ultimately prevail. But not all of God's justice is postponed to the future. He is angry with the wicked every day and often punishes them and rescues the innocent in this life. We must never give up our faith in Him. Psalm chapter 7, verses 1 through 17, a psalm of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush of the tribe of Benjamin. I came to you for protection, O Lord my God. Save me from my persecutors. Rescue me. If you don't, they will maul me like a lion, tearing me to pieces with no one to rescue me. O Lord my God, if I have done wrong or am guilty of injustice, if I have betrayed a friend or plundered my enemy without cause, then let my enemies capture me. Let them trample me into the ground and drag my honor in the dust. Interlude Arise, O Lord, in anger. Stand up against the fury of my enemies. Wake up, my God, and bring justice. Gather the nations before you. Rule over them from on high. The Lord judges the nations. Declare me righteous, O Lord, for I am innocent, O Most High. End the evil of those who are wicked and defend the righteous, for you look deep within the mind and heart, O righteous God. God is my shield, saving those whose hearts are true and right. God is an honest judge. He is angry with the wicked every day. If a person does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and shoot his flaming arrows. The wicked conceive evil. They are pregnant with trouble and give birth to lies. They dig a deep pit to trap others then fall into it themselves. The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The violence they plan falls on their own heads. I will thank the Lord because He is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Proverbs 18, verse 22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord.
maker of the heavens I am The bright and morning star I am The breath of all creation Who always was and is to come I am The one who walked on water
my father uh, passed away on Christmas Eve, and I found myself running into drugs and alcohol um, to solve my pain on the inside. Um, I thought I'd found it in them. Um, as I've went on in my life, I'm 40 now, um, and I've just been enslaved by the drugs. And, and um, before I came into the refuge, um, I was totally desperate. Um, I didn't know where to go, where to turn. I had been in programs before, nothing ever really solved anything. Um, I got on my knees and prayed. The next thing I knew, um, phone was ringing and somebody was telling me about this refuge all the way in Ohio. Um, I talked with my family and made the decision to come to the refuge. Since I've been here in the refuge, um, instead of finding myself when I'm frustrated or, or lonely or just having any problems in life, um, I run to God. I run to His Word or my brothers or anything like that, and that's been great. Um, I really feel freed up just in the 35 days that I've been here from, from my sin. Um, it's nice not to be looking over my shoulder. Um, mm. It's nice to be um, have real relationships with real people um, that care about me, that I truly feel care about me, and not what I have in my pocket or what I can do for them. Um, it's really, truly brotherly love here. Um, I've even been blessed with a brother that... Um, lost his father on Christmas Eve, so, you know, God's given me somebody to lean on uh, come around that time of year, and I've never had that. Um, one of the things that I hope to get in the next 12 months that I'm here, or maybe even longer than that, is more friendships, more relationships, closer to God, learning more about Him, and um, just feeling freer and freer. I can't emphasize enough how free I feel today. Um, that is that is great. Um, I have a sense of wholeness on the inside, like I've been made whole again and not just empty on the inside. When I came here, I was so empty. Um, now, I truly just fool. This is number four in a series of ten of the top ten distinctions between dream fulfillers and dream killers by Keith Cameron Smith. Today is distinction seven. Dream fulfillers build a life. Dream killers make a living. Building a life and fulfilling your dream requires a balance of faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. If you work on just one of the areas and neglect the others, you will not be able to build a life or fulfill your dream. But if you focus on balancing these five areas, you will build a life that is meaningful and rewarding. These five areas make up your life and each one of them influences the others. I've never met anyone who has all five of these areas in balance all of the time. Life is dynamic, not static. Building a life is a constant balancing act. While you're pursuing your dream, you'll find that there are stages and seasons when you will be more engaged in one area of your life than others. Just because you're more engaged in one part of your life than another during a certain season doesn't mean that you are neglecting the others. Just be sure that you remain aware of each area and spend time nurturing each one on a consistent basis. The more you nurture each area, the more mature you become. Being immature is not a level anyone arrives at. It is an ongoing process. 
As people mature, they are better able to enjoy the season they are in while looking forward to be to the coming season with peace instead of stress. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. Having an understanding of the natural seasons gives you valuable insight for the seasons of life. Without this understanding, you can waste a lot of time living in the past or worrying about the future when you should be focused on the here and now. In the maturing process, there are different seasons in each area of your life. In the physical world, spring is the time to prepare the ground and plant seeds. Summer is the time to be fighting the weeds, fertilizing the soil, and making sure the crop is getting enough water. Fall is for harvesting. It is a time of intense work, and it is also a time to celebrate the success of the work you did throughout the spring and summer. Winter is a time for rest, reflection, and planning for the future. These simple lessons from nature can help you gain an understanding of the seasons in your life. Many people get stuck in a rut of making a living for their entire lives. Making a living is a season of life. It is not all of life. People get stuck by focusing only on finances and neglecting the other areas of their life. Making a living is just one of the F's. Faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Each area is important and they all influence each other. Look at your hand. Let your index finger represent your faith. Your middle finger is your family. Your ring finger is your friends. And your pinky is your fitness. And your thumb is your finances. Notice how easily your thumb can touch each of your other fingers. So it is with your finances. Increasing your income and learning to build wealth can enable you to give to more charities and causes you believe in. It allows you to spend more time with family and friends. It gives you more time to exercise and do hobbies that help us stay strong and healthy. Thus, it is a worthy goal to increase your standard of living. Just make sure that you're also focused on increasing your quality of life at the same time. If you only focus on raising your standard of living, then chances are you will lower your quality of life. When you balance each area of life, you can raise your quality of life and standard of living at the same time. Building anything takes time, especially building a life. When you learn to be patient with the process of life, you will enjoy it more. It takes a lifetime to build a life. Dreams don't have deadlines. Dream fulfillers build a life. Dream killers make a living. Take a look at the mountain Stretching a mile high Take a look at the ocean Far as your eye can see And think of me Take a look at the desert Do you feel like a grain of sand? I am with you wherever Where you go is where I am And I'm always thinking of you Take a look around you I'm spelling it out one by one I 
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.